Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like we're closer. Yeah, because it's a smaller. Let's uh let's pray and then we'll get into a short talk about this fun of fun. God, we thank you for this um, just this time where we can discuss things matters of our faith as we go through these disciplines. Today we're talking about speech, word, uh, taming our tongue. So, Father, we ask uh, for insight and we ask for uh, just fruitful conversation. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so, um, anyone remember what we talked about last week? Integrity. Worship was two weeks ago. I'm glad you're still on that. I was thinking about it for two weeks. I'm glad you're still on that. It's on your mind. Good. It's harder to remember two weeks ago than last week, so in a way, you've proven yourself worthy. Discipline of tongue. We're not talking about the gift of tongue, because we talked about in the sermon. That's a different gift, but... The discipline of is on tongue. Is it on? Yeah. It is on, yes. Okay. Let <laughs> me make sure. Oh, is it because you're a rapper? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so discipline of tongue. What what comes to mind when we talk about, when we just bring up this topic? What are some immediate like sort of thoughts, brainstorm-wise? Um, the Christian discipline of tongue. We're talking about like words, right? How we speak, what we speak. Gentleness, kindness. Gentleness, kindness. Your words. Your language. Language. Uh, it was actually a really good part of um, what we talked about last week in terms of integrity, which was being what? Honest. Honest. So that ties into like our words, right? Being honest and truthful. Sometimes honesty is not always gentle or kind, right? It can be gentle, but it can also be very direct, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus demonstrates this, that uh, honesty is not always mm, the thing you want to hear. In fact, many times honesty is the thing you don't want to hear, right? Um, So, you know, it's being truthful, right? Not for the sake of bringing one down, but for the sake of building another up, right? Um, Let's just have like a quick survey. You don't have to raise hands or anything, but you can just input, but how would you assess yourself in this discipline? The gift of tongue. And this also impl- like includes like, um, I guess what our Instagram activity and comment sections <laughs> video, or like other things like that. Like how we speak, how, like what what has your, been your experience in terms of this area of your discipline, and <coughs> why or why not is it a struggle? Like on a personal level, you don't have to talk like for everyone else, just for you personally. Um, like. Uh, your struggle might be like actually saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's a struggle. I think he's being wise. <laughs> if anything, he is the one who's disciplined. Yeah, he's Everyone the most disciplined. Like Andrew, no, Andrew and Victoria are role models in the church. Yeah. Um, but what, like, if that's too difficult of a question, when is it most difficult to be disciplined with your tongue? Uh, or to whom? I'll give an example. For me, I think it's the greatest struggle at home with family. Um, I have no idea why. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know why it's the most difficult to speak to my brother or with my grandmother. I'm actually like really like nice, but like with parents, why is it so hard to 
communicate in a, like a very godly way, right? So that always seems to be <coughs> quite a difficulty. And then probably like customers at my store. They're so annoying. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably the two most. And then, like, anytime you got to call, like, Rogers or Dollar. <laughs> so, um, what, do you, what, do you, what would you guys say? When is, when, or to whom, is it most difficult to tame your tongue? And in regards to discipline, how would you assess yourself? Thoughts? Well, for me, I think uh, that when I first meet someone for the first or the second time, when um, pe people don't really know each other's personalities yet, for me, I find it very challenging because I'm always trying to select the right wording, um, whether I'm to joke around a little or to not, right. um, just because I don't want there to be any miscommunication or misinterpretation of a lighthearted joke or yeah. so for me just to gauge the balance uh, while not knowing the other person and also being kind of socially awkward I find that really challenging mm -hmm. and then with loved ones I guess um, I mean we're all I think well I'm a lot more harsh with myself and mm -hmm. also the people that I love compared to co-workers and etc yeah. so a lot of the times I think um, certain things I say that has the intentions of bringing someone up or improving someone or helping them see certain things um, could be said more mindfully mm -hmm. um, by using more gentle wording as to not um, bring hurt mm -hmm. to someone while being honest, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Others? Yeah, for me, definitely an obvious one, uh, social media. Um, what I mean by that is, like, you know, when you make, like, comments. I'm not talking about you, but me personally. Um, I felt hurt. Well, I wasn't even talking about you. But not everything's fine. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just edit that out. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, like, I like to joke around, especially, like, when I have, like, a tough week at work. So my way of, like, blowing off steam is kind of, like, teasing like others uh, particularly like certain people um, but I try to recognize that obviously because for two reasons uh, first of all it's not edifying and second of all like it actually hurts them um, to some degree um, so social media uh, when I make like certain comments right like I sometimes go on like tangents I go too far like I go on ESPN then I go here and then I go there and then I jump back and forth I even go on like Lecrae's and then I go on like Lecrae's post for example right because low-key like I kind of want that attention I want to get like those significant numbers of likes so then it goes down to like um, instant gratification right because that's what social media does right and it's very absolutely detrimental because um, then we lose um, contentment in Christ, right? Because yeah. we want approval from others. So that's how I think uh, subconsciously when I'm doing that. Right. Um, so I try to not do that as much because like, I kind of want to be like that class clown on social media, getting all those likes, getting all that intention, and then saying the things that I actually want to say to these people in real life. So I don't really differentiate that from actually saying that to someone face-to-face -face directly because it's the intent at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. It's funny because when you think of like the tongue, um, it can be very like 
powerful, right? Like God spoke the universe into existence in six days, right? Mm -hmm. And because we are created in His image and we have the Spirit within us, like we have been received that same power in one sense, right? Not to obviously like, but to like uh, encourage one another, to build one another, to speak truth and love into one another, right? And then to obviously uh, um, correct someone if, if necessary, right? But on the other side, um, it can be such a devastating like tool as well, right? Like something so small, like that's part of your body, right? But has like significant like uh, potential like power, right? That can actually like make or break someone. Um, I think about like all the hard stuff that I've been through. And then I think of like certain people uh, that built me up um, in my life, right? And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that as well, right? But then I look at my life and then I think of the, all the hurtful things that I've said to other people that I wish I never said to begin with. And it all really comes down to the posture of the heart and the discipline to really care enough to actually make that change happen. Right. Yeah. On the line. That's good. <coughs> um, I don't think I'm understanding what discipline of the tongue is. Mm -hmm. But is it like the way we use your words? Oh, the way I use my words. Mm. Or I like anything that entails that, right? So the right. use of words, Thoughts. the words that are used. Mm -hmm. And then um, are you talking about like what exactly is the discipline of it? Like, because like <coughs> your question was like when is it difficult? difficult? Like how would that look like when it's difficult to use to for discipline of tongue? Like when you're angry, like, uh, like oh. are, are times when you when reflect you're back and then you realize, like, <laughs> oh, I should oh man, I very practical. Yeah. Right, right, right. I think for me, like, I'm a very like open person. Um, so it comes, it comes, comes in both ways. But like, like, um, like I'm so open that I just talk about myself so much that it just kind of gets really offensive to the other person sometimes because they're like, okay. man, this person like talks about them all the time and like they don't even care what I have to say for myself and they're just they're just stealing the spotlight. <laughs> like I've I've come <laughs> through such situations like that where they come to me and they're like, hey really? Yeah, no, and I think rightfully so, right? Because I'm like, dang, I do talk well. like I always just kind of like 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 whenever like someone's sharing me their struggle like, my way of understanding is like, oh, it's kind of like the time when I, but then, um, <laughs> you know, like, they'll think like, oh, why are you trying to steal my, right? But um, like, which I totally understand, right? Um, so there's that time where I need to be more disciplined, right? And um, there's other times where, like, because I'm so open and comfortable with sharing certain things, I, like, yeah, like, Back in the day, I would just be like, why, why is it so hard for you to share? <laughs> and I will be like, right? So then I would get offended with the other person not sharing to me. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be like, mm. I'm, I'm out here sharing all these things because I care about you and stuff like that. But how come you're so like to yourself and you're not yeah. wanting to share your like struggles and stuff? So then I would, yeah, I would just kind of like look at them in a way where I'm just kind of like, like. Yeah, like you don't want to share things with me and whatever. And then I'll look back and I'll be like, man. <laughs> yeah, those are some things that like discipline in a way where I, I wish I was more like understanding of the other person. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and like knowing how to say accordingly. Right. So mm-hmm. choosing your words wisely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, anyone else? I guess I can share. Um, I think, to be honest, I think the hardest is opposite gender. Because um, I grew up with like very guy, like guy friends, guy this, right? Do very like bro things. And then I realized that audience like females are very like sensitive that's what i realized <laughs> generalizing all women are sensitive that's what i realized <laughs> Tr- so, not her i'm not saying Tr- it's Tr- her, Tr- why did you look in her direction <laughs> <laughs> so like as men yeah as a dude like i realized that i have to be really careful with my words sometimes i have no filter because right. like Let's say I say, yo, why are you wearing that, man? Like, like if I say that to, like, I meant it as like, oh, like, that's kind of new, right? <laughs> oh, I get it. Like, funny language. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my that's language. That's like how you say it. Like, if I say, oh, why are you wearing that green pants, right? Well, your English is but sufficient then, enough to know. Never but then, like, if I... Oh, that's new. But then, like, if I say oh, that to a girl, if I say that to a girl, like, Offensive. she may be like, wait, what's wrong with this? Like... So I realized that you really have to filter your words. Yeah. So that's the thing that I'm working on. Right. Right. Sorry, can I just say one thing to add on a little bit? Uh, So one other thing that I immensely struggle with is uh, taming my tongue when it comes to like competition. Mm. Because I'm a pretty competitive guy, especially like with this guy. So we kind of (laughs) like... Talked about it, thankfully, right? Um, this guy is Hyunny. Yes. <laughs> and then, because we're both competitive, right? And then, like, obviously that uh, promotes pride, right? Um, and then, you know. When uh, do we compete in things? Oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It could be like. Please. It could be anywhere from like walking to basketball to like. Breathing air. Breathing air. Like, blinking. Like, I have a question. Are we in the same level, though? What's the translation of that? a lot better. It's like, I walk a lot better than you. Tame the tongue, eh? Lying also accounts in this. So, so like, we like to poke fun at each other. Um, but then I think, like, we both made an agreement where there's, like, a line, there's a boundary, right? Where we don't want to cross to that point where we will yeah. both get tilted in, in, in a way. And I would admit that I'm a little bit more sensitive in comparison to Hyunny. Hyunny has like more, a uh, bit more thick skin. Or maybe he's just like better at like getting under your skin. I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, thankfully we're able to like talk about it. And then I think ever since then it's been better. Like there have been more like glimpses of encouragement rather than kind of like condemnation or just kind of suggesting that, oh, this person is uh, more uh, inferior compared to me. But then... At the end of the day, right, um, it, it doesn't matter because we're all viewed as one in Christ, right, as, as you were mentioning. But yeah, competition is a huge thing for me, um, especially like when we play games, uh, <laughs> when we play like League or Valorant, um, because, you know, that's why I really don't like playing with friends, especially like church friends, because I say things that I regret, um, and so <clears throat> they're, they're, that's something that I need to work on. I try to justify by saying like, oh, like, you know, if I just limit the amount of times that I play, 
then it will get better, right? But at the same time, what am I doing during that time to actually discipline myself so that the next time that I hop on Discord, I can actually have a more edifying conversation. But in the moment when you're actually playing a game that has nothing to do with your direct view of yourself, right? You're playing a character. It's so easy to like mock each other, even though we're joking, like there's still an element of truth and there's still an element of sincerity to the words that you're saying, right? That people can actually take personally. And we're all different, right? So we don't exactly know behind the computer screen that this person actually might receive it in a certain way as opposed to in person, right? So there's all of these factors to consider, but um, that's definitely something that I noticed uh, within myself at least that is um, a struggle, but that could also become like a, a big issue in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty common like, in sport, right? I don't mean like sport, athletic sport, but any competition, right? It can become very toxic very quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> was that last night where that guy started like swearing at me? When we played Valorant? Was that me? Wait, he was swearing at you? He was swearing at you? No, 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 the, the, <laughs> the guy on our team, because I made fun of him. I don't remember that. Yeah. Wasn't that yesterday where he like went on the thing and he's like, He's like, dude, what are you talking about? I wasn't in that game. Random guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah Games are so toxic. Because like, we're like clearly losing and I was just like, yeah, I think we lost this one. And like, this guy was at the bottom. He had like zero kills. I was like, this guy's so bad. Like, what rank are you in there? How are you that rank? And then he got so mad at the end. (laughs) He started yelling at me. Random guy? Random guy? Yeah. Yeah, it was a random guy. (laughs) He was like waiting for the game to end. And then at the very end, he turned on his mic and he's like, F you say! <laughs> 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 it was so funny. Uh, but yeah, that's not the team that we're talking um, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like all these, like, all these situations have become like, very toxic. Um, how many of these struggle with swearing? Like verbally? <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> So I don't, I, I, I used to swear a lot, like when I was in up to high school. Yeah, picture it. Yeah, and then going into university, I think like, I can't accredit it to like, I mean, I, holistically I can, but at the moment I can't say like I had some kind of like Jesus moment and then I stopped swearing, but it was more like, like it, it wasn't like something I wanted to do anymore. I just thought it was unprofessional, like the way it people speak but like when you're with like your secular friends I think Christians tend to likely to do this is like when you're with non-Christians like mm-hmm. swearing becomes more of a it's easier practice because it's not viewed so negatively mm. when you're with Christians you kind of control which is kind of like a it's an issue that you're doing that but it's also impressive that you're able to tame your tongue so it does show that you can tame your tongue right like it, it does prove that you can do it it's just you know contextual in that case but Anyone struggle with that, like swearing, cursing, anything like that at work? I think like, like, what, depending on who you're with, the tongue can get very like loosened. Is right. it more of a habit? It can be for some. Like, I think it wasn't really for me, so I was able to cut it off quick. But for some, it's like just natural speech, right? It's portrayed as being honest too. Like in our culture, it's like, like when someone mm. when someone just like pulls it in they're like you can swear just be honest with yeah. it right um and i saw like on facebook there was like a stat done that people are are more honest if you swear or something like that right 
which is I think is ridiculous. But oh yeah, I read that um, we're more likely to trust someone that uses the f word yeah, yeah, versus yeah. someone that is very eloquent in their speech. Mm. Yeah, dude. Mm, I can kind of agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Maybe the Bible talks about that too. So. Um, That's right. So, like, but here's a really interesting question. I got into not a debate, but a conversation with a non believer one time on campus about this. Is swearing prohibited in the Bible? So, I'll give you, I'll give you, this guy was very knowledgeable, by the way. Um, Paul actually uses vulgar language time to time um, to describe very specific things. It's not vulgar to the point of like our language today. And we're kind of like, the language we use today is, is kind of relative, right? Like some of these terms weren't really swear words until much later, if you look at the entire history of all these like swear words that we do have. Mm. We're, we kind of categorize them in a certain category because for whatever reason, like. That's just how languages develop. Um, so Paul wouldn't, like, I'm not going to say he has, like, an F-bomb in the Bible or anything like that. But, like, I'll give you an example. In Galatians, right, um, Paul talks about three markers of faith that are no longer valid. One of them is circumcision. And so there are these guys, Judaizers, who are coming into Galatia, and they're reconverting the Christian community that Paul had uh, gospelized uh, to become Jewish-based Christians. So they're you have to keep the Sabbath, you have to keep kosher diet, you have to get circumcised for the males, right? And Paul comes back with a, a response, and that's the letter to the Galatians. And he talks about, I believe it's chapter 3, where he says, you know, you, um, these are not markers of the faith, and you should, you know, these people need to cut this off like they cut off their penises, right? Like, he's talking about circumcision. So he's using the image of circumcision to, like, talk about the cutting off of people. Like, they, should, they ought to be cut off, like... The tips of their penises, basically something like that, right? That's a very like vulgar way of like conveying a very <laughs> biblical truth. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not language that I mean. If I went up and I preached like that, I don't know if that would be received in that way. Um, so there is like use of that kind of harsh language in harsh scenarios, right? In the Bible, um, it's not to like condone like profanity, but is it prohibited in the Bible? That's not really profanity, though. It would be the equivalent of that, right? Back then? Yeah. Maybe back then, but now it's just like biology. Yeah, but that's what I'm getting at, right? Like, what if the F word becomes commonplace? Like, it becomes just part of everyday language. Would it, and we decategorize it as curse, a cur like the word, like, gay, right? Like that was just the term happy or the B word was just female dog for the longest time in English and then it developed into a curse word because it was used in that way, right? Mm. So there are probably words we use now that will become curse words that we don't understand will become curse words now, right? But is that like, is it strictly prohibited to use that type of language? Um, or is it like we shouldn't use that language? This was the argument of my friend here at the Non-Believer. Maybe it's that curse words ought not to be used in certain settings, but in other settings it's allowed. So that was his argument. And it, I would disagree, but I, I still think it's like, I still think we should not use curse words for the sake of, because I think it, the, the end point for me was that it diminishes witness of Christ. But um, like, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, 
there's no particular passage other than Ephesians 4.29 that comes to mind. Like, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Right. But only what is useful for building others up. Right. So I think because we know the meaning and the intent of what the word actually implies, yeah. I think it's not right to use it, even though... What if it's just expressing personal feelings? So no. the, exp the thing he was saying was, oh, like, I'm just effing tired. Like, is that such a bad thing? I'm not, like, cursing anyone. I think, like Corey mentioned, like that intention is what's really important because with Paul and how he worded those things in that way in Galatians, it yeah. seems as though he's trying to get his point strongly across, right? right? And mm -hmm. ultimately, it's with the intent of, like, this is to glorify God, right? Mm -hmm. right. But then right. the... But then like when you are casually like swear like using swear words or you you're using swear words when like like a spite like let's say a brother or sister in Christ was trying to come to me and they're trying to help like help me realize something or help teach me something um and like for for the better of my faith and they use swear words in it like is it is it really necessary for you to add that on to is it, is it something that's like glorifying God is what I'm saying, right? right? Like, right. I feel like once you kind of boil it down to that point, then it's very clear as of like, oh, I guess it's not necessary at all for me to... Because right. it wouldn't make sense for you to... I would say it doesn't make sense for you to say that you are needing to add swear words to glorify God. Mm. I think it's just... At that point, it's just, it just sounds really ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Fair point. I actually think the intention almost doesn't matter because, um, I don't know, I'm kind of reminded of like when we did the food for idols, 1 Corinthians 8 part, where it's like eating the food isn't necessarily a sin, but rather you could be vastly like sinning against your brothers and sisters. Or right. I think um, because we have an understanding of swear words and the context of swear words and like what it's associated with, right. I don't think the intention matters. Rather, uh, yeah, I think like the results of sinning, I mean, sorry, the results of um, swearing could lead to sin in other areas, mm -hmm. even despite our intention. Mm. But the thing is with the intention, I, I agree with that point, but the intention is very important because that all traces down to the heart, right? Like why, what is the purpose of me saying this to begin with? Um, is it just to express how I fear and don't really consider about to those who hear it? Because Ephesians talks about like, um, you know, it has to be gracious. Well, this is particularly towards the church I'm, I'm talking to, not like um, non-believers. Yeah. Like it has to have grace to those who hear, you know, like the words that you're saying. Right. And again, it, for me personally, um, it comes down to like, what's the intent of my heart? What is the purpose of me doing this? What is the purpose of me saying this? At the end of the day, is it glorifying to God? That is like the ultimate question that I always try to like ask myself. Yeah. If it doesn't glorify God or edifies one another, which ultimately like glorifies God, then it's better for me not to say it or to do it. Um, even if you're like on that gray line, you know what I mean? Um, well, kind of already crossed that gray line with the tattoo, but whatever. Um, uh, so I think... Um, I personally believe mm -hmm. that we shouldn't swear um, for obvious reasons that we just discussed. Yeah. But um, a really dumb, dumb example that we can use here is like, okay, um, 
let's talk about the appropriate nature of curse words. When would it be appropriate? When would it not be? Is it appropriate at all? Is it inappropriate, right? Like, am I going to... Let, let's say I'm a, uh, even non-believers, for example, right? Like, let's say I'm a non-believer, right? Um, am I going to go up to my supervisor and say, not, not, let's not supervisor. Let's say I'm late for uh, uh, my interview, right? Yeah. For about like 10 minutes, right? And then I come up to the interview guy, right? Or the, the manager. And I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm so effing late. I'm so effing tired. Sorry, because like I had no effing sleep last night, right? Like, am I going to say that even though that's how I really feel? Right. But then why is it appropriate? Why is it not appropriate for me to say it like at church innately, like uh, even as a non-believer, as I was thinking, right? Like, yes. oh, I already know, like I'm not supposed to swear at church. Right. right. Like, why am I um, comparing different settings to when or when I should not say it? So at the end of the day, like there's so many like inconsistencies. We have to remember that it's a discipline of the tongue. Yes. So we want to be consistent in our speech. Um, and our behavior and our sanctification as much as possible. Obviously, there's going to be like a lot of road bumps. Um, but I truly believe that at the end of the day, we should not. And I'm not sure if this is like the best example, but Ephesians 29 to, to, to 32, right? Kind of sums it up for me. So that's what I personally believe. Yeah, on that note, let's turn to James 3. <coughs> Uh, we're going to read verses 3 to 5. Whoever's got it, just read it first. Whoever's got it first, and then others can swallow. Verses 3 to 5? Verses 3 to 5. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. Right. So um, James uses James the half-brother. Jesus. <laughs> um, he uses two different sort of imagery uh, imageries to explain what he's trying to say about the power of the tongue. Of course, you guys famously know like his whole thing on the taming of the tongue. Um, let me give you a quote from an author named J.B. Phillips. He paraphrases James, like that passage, this way. The human tongue is physically small, but what tremendous effect it can boast of. Though it weighs only two ounces, it can legitimately boast of its disproportionate power to determine human destiny. Um, and he goes on to talk about things like the lies of Adolf Hitler and Winston Churchill bear eloquent testimony to the dark and bright sides of the pound's power. On the one side of the English Channel, the Fuhrer, um, he uses the word Herengud, um, a vast multitude with his hypnotic cadences. If you know a lot about Hitler, he swayed an entire country to be racist just through speeches, right? It's incredible. Um, some, some of the most prolific speeches in human history are by Adolf Hitler and you can watch them or hear them and they're I mean they're in German so you're gonna have to like, look, read the subtitles but it's crazy like how he was able to do that now on the other side at the same time Prime Minister of England um, brilliant measure utterances pulled the Falker nation together for its finest in, the, in its despair he was able to conjure hope in a people right that gave him the hope to continue fighting right um, Let's talk about like people who have swayed you with words, right? Like, like let's just think of like good or bad examples, right? So, like for me, like um, there's just a bunch of people, like being a pastor, I listen to a lot of sermons. So, like I've heard like just prolific speakers, right? But I'm gonna put like I'm sure you guys will come up with pastoral examples. But I'll just give you like just regular <laughs> everyday examples. I don't agree with like these people's like ideologies, philosophies, lifestyles, beliefs, or any of that stuff, but. 
Like, Obama is someone that comes to mind for me in my lifetime. The reason being, so before he was president, uh, the thing that made Obama president was this one speech that he did at the Democratic Convention. And he went up, and he was one of the speakers. So if you've ever watched one of these conventions, they have a lineup of speakers, and they're usually like senators, governors, whatever, like from different states, uh, Democratic representatives, like citizens who have stories to share, um, et cetera, right? And Obama was one of the final speakers. He goes up, and this is the thing that made Obama Obama. Like people were like literally predicted this guy would be president, like in four years after he made this speech. Go watch it if you have a chance. I believe it was in two thousand. I want to say like two thousand six. I don't know something like that around there, right? So he goes up and he does a speech, and it is like unreal. Like watch it if you have a chance. Twenty minutes will transform. Everything you'd understand about linguistic ability. Like his words were, like you just knew, like this guy was destined to be the president of the United States. It was, I, I, don't, I mean, whether you agree with him politically or not, right? Like he's just destined for it. Like he could sway you off your political stance just the, by the way he presented and articulated, right? Uh, people who have this ability in like pop culture, Oprah, like she has an incredible way with words to move human emotion. Some of the, like our prosperity preachers have this ability too, right? That's why so many, you wonder like why do people follow cult leaders? Why do people follow like these heretical churches? They're incredible with their words, right? They sway emotion specifically, right? Um, can you guys think of anyone that you've heard or could be a Christian preacher? It could be just someone you've heard, maybe a teacher you've had or someone who's presented something that's amazing. Anything that's like really like wow, that's caught your attention, just the way that they spoke. Examples? I have an example. Um, he's a preacher, but he's kind of iffy now. But Francis Chan. Yeah. Um, no, very gifted. I, very gifted in speaking. Yeah, especially the. I don't know if you guys saw the YouTube video, but like he has a YouTube video thing about how short our lives are, and he brings a rope, and then he says, "This is your life, right?" But the rope is like really long. So it was very like, for me, I think I was 19, 20, when I first saw that video. So I liked how he goes like, eternally, like, you know how he goes like, eternally, your life is short, like, he really <laughs> emphasizes on his words, right? So I'm like, oh, well, my life is short, yeah, like, it's like a vapor, right? Yeah. So he used a lot of imagery. Yeah. Um, and then here's another one where he wears like a hat. And he's trying to illustrate that in LA because that's where he was from. Yeah. There's a lot of temptations. Right. So he he makes a lot of like dolls and like money around this hat. So he's like temptations everywhere. Like that really helped with like his words as well. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was so not only the use of words, but using like physical imagery. Yeah. To support what he's his saying. His words, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's very powerful use of illustration, if used properly and well, right? For mm -hmm. sure. Um, anyone else? Like, maybe like one or two people share. Like, any examples of people? Or maybe you don't have any examples, really. Like, everyone has ever tried to tell me something that's <laughs> been utter failure. <laughs> um, anyone else? Yeah, so I have one with a little bit of a twist <coughs> on it. So, when I first I'm came to faith. Twist. Huh? I'm ready for the twist. That's okay. <laughs> So uh, when I first became a Christian, 
Um, it was at a conference called Act Like Men. Um, and then there was one speaker that I mentioned in my testimony, Greg Laurie. Yeah. Um, I don't listen to him anymore um, for, for a few reasons I'm going to mention. Um, back then, when you don't really know any, um, uh, you don't know much about, like, you know, the, the, the truth and, and scripture, um, whatever sounds pleasing to the ear, right? It's just, you just kind of go along with it, right? Like, oh, I needed this today, for example. Which is not always a bad thing, but for the first five years, this was when I was like 22, 21. Um, for the first like you know few years, right? Um, I kept listening to his teachings, and as I grew in my own personal sanctification, um, it, it was great in the beginning, right? I legitimately, I, I thought he was a legit like uh, teacher, but it wasn't until a couple of years ago where. Um, he was like on a on a show, right? Um, he's also from LA. <laughs> What's wrong with these LA preachers? But um, <laughs> except for John Johnny Mac, I love Johnny Mac. Um, uh, he was on this like show. I forgot what it's called, but it's a very uh, him and his wife. They were both on this show. Um, There's like a bunch of women like talking. I forgot what it's called, but it's like very heretical. And then he started saying things that he didn't say like a few years ago or maybe he was just like working up to it, I don't know but it, it just didn't resonate well with me and this is someone that I sat under his teachings for uh, my entire like Christian journey in the beginning yeah. um, and then now I don't listen to him anymore but I legit thought like he was like one of the best preachers that I've ever listened to right. because when I also heard him speak at that <coughs> conference um, he the words that he used, the eloquent and the cunning words that he used, drew me um, to towards whatever that was. Right. And so for the first couple of years, I was actually doubting my faith. Um, I, I mean, uh, I didn't have assurance of salvation. And so till this day, when I think about it, um, I'm like, oh, this is, am I, am I really a Christian? You know, like um, because of this you know like oh like you know you just pray the prayer right and then you're saved you know that was kind of his style right because he's very like um mission oriented and uh so i had to personally repent right um and then you know uh uh um to 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 confess my sins to jesus and to ask for forgiveness but what i'm trying to say is like um just because you hear words that you want to hear from people who seem like they have tame tongue i think one of the worst things that you can possibly do it's actually not swearing with the tongue it's actually saying that you actually am a follower of jesus but in your heart you're not and the reason why i say this is because i was once like that i legitimately thought i was a follower of jesus i confessed verbally with my tongue like jesus you know you are mine i am yours But I think that's that's blasphemy, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most detrimental things is like what Matthew uh, seven says. You know, have we not done these things or say say said these things um, for you, Jesus? Right? And then Jesus will say to you, right, on that day, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. Right? So I think um, we have to be careful. Um, and I personally think that 
that is one of the worst things, if not the worst thing that you can do. To say that you are in a relationship with Jesus verbally, you confess, whatever, everything looks good on the outside, but inside, like, you're not even aware, right? And so for, for me, I, I don't want to judge this person's uh, eternity, but I am convinced that this teacher that I once looked up to, he wasn't a Christian to begin with. But you were. I was still drawn because he used, he used he used he used he was a great speaker. He was an amazing speaker. Right, right. That's why I sat under his teaching. Even yeah. Steve Furtick or the other prosperity preachers, they're very good speakers. I can see why people well, listen to them. That's the point that James is trying to get across, right? Is that words? I mean, we appreciate statement. Words have power, right? Like it's they do, and even today they continue to. In, in a very like visually stimulated society, we still continue to be swayed so much by by words, right? Um, like we might think like, oh, it's all about like social media is all just visual like you know optimization and visual stimulation, but a lot of it is is conversation that happens as a result of those a uh, result of that visual sti- uh, stimulation, mm-hmm. and the conversations that ensue are extremely unhealthy as a result, right? Mm. But words have a lot to boast, right? So mm. we talk about like in the in the passage, if you put a bridle, like if you I don't know if you know what a bridle is, but just Google it. Um, but if you put some of it onto a horse, this a horse can literally withstand like hundreds and hundreds of pounds of weight on it. You put a tiny little bridle on its nose, and it'll like literally just dance. It like it ceases to be able to function, right? Or if you take this ship, this massive vessel that can carry cargoes and cargoes of stuff. Hold by just these tiny small rudders if you've ever seen like, the inside of a ship, right? Um, and James is observing these things and he's going, dang, like that's like the mouth. The mouth is the thing that pulls everything. It's the thing that can make or break the entirety of who we are, right? So he, the author, Philip's talking about determines human destiny. Right? Words determine human destiny. It's crazy. Uh, sometimes I think about how like all the great people are dead and all we remember are the things they said. Um, <laughs> so... Let's talk about just, I guess, the discipline itself as we conclude. Um, just give me some thoughts on this as we go through. But uh, in your observance, like in, in the Christian world, as well as the non-Christian world, how have you seen words used positively? How have you seen them used negatively? So what are some sins that can be like committed uh, through our words? So we've already talked about like, cursing and other, like speaking poorly of one another but what are some other ways we use words poorly um, in a simple way but what are also some ways we can use them to what we talked about build each other edify them what, what comes to mind I think in terms of like using it in a simple way like manipulation is probably yes. a very big thing because right. um yeah especially if you're an eloquent speaker like yeah. it's really easy for you to like get away with a lot of things and like and i think if that person whoever that speaker is um like if they really took the time to observe their heart it's not like you can't they can't feel like oh i did it and i didn't know yeah you know like the heart is there yeah. um um, and I guess, like, to use in a good way is to, 
continue to um, share with others, like in reminder, because it's so easy for us to like forget every day, every moment of our lives, like who God is and what He has done for mm-hmm. us, using your words to help a brother and sister in that way. Right. Um, I think is a good way that we could um, use that for God's glory. Okay. Mm-hmm. So manipulation on the bad end, and then like sharing. Mm-hmm. On the other, sure. Like reminding people of the gospel. Reminding people of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Gospel preaching and not just reminding, but preaching the gospel, heralding it, for sure. What else? Some negatives, positives, towards and how we use them. I don't know if this is like necessarily a sin, but it's definitely not loving. But um, uh, like trying to correct other people out of arrogance or from a place of like mm. uh, where you lack premeditation. Yes. Uh, you're talking in your sermon or somewhere like you briefly mentioned like sitting on a theological high horse. Yes. And I think I've seen that uh, pretty often and for me as well. Um, <coughs> yeah. And obviously the other end to that. I mean, it's double-edged sword. On one end, like you do need to correct, right? The correction is necessary. It right, is, right. it is the most edifying thing. On the other end, you don't want to do it in a way that will, I guess, just be presented as, like, hatred, right? Yeah. Um, or causing like just unnecessary judgment. I have a question to that uh, yeah. point. Um, so whenever, so this is like a huge issue within the church where like we lack correction and yeah. we lack, uh, um. Uh, what do you call it, rebuking, yeah. in, in gentleness and loving, obviously, yeah. um, as much as we can. But let's say you are convicted, right, and you, your first, take out the plank in your own eye, whatever, right? Yeah. But this person still does not receive it well, and then they call you, like, oh, you're condemning or whatever. Does yeah. that still mean you shouldn't have done that in the first place? Is no, that I, think that's, you are I think the innocent? Bible gives you instruction on that, right? You yeah. talk to them personally. Yeah, yeah. If it can't be resolved, right. then you bring then, another, yeah, right. and then you bring it to the council. And right. it's... I think that's the healthy way to approach it, right? That right. it's not just uh, you trying to be the person, the hero of that person's life, right? right? By like, yeah. I have corrected you. I give you an example. Like, um, so being a leader in ministry, like I used to preach like really like garbage stuff, right? Early on, and like, it was just terrible preaching. Like you like think I was just a heretical monster. And one day I was preaching on Romans eight, and it was like, probably like the worst sermon. One of the worst ones I've ever preached. I don't even call it a sermon. It was terrible. Whatever it was. Um, and this guy, is on Ryerson campus. This guy comes up to me and he's like, "Can I talk to you?" Right? And we talked about and we talked. And everything that was spewing out of this guy's mouth was the most gentle and kind, like, thing he could, he could way he could do it. But everything he was saying was just it felt like like swords just like stabbing me in the heart. Right? Why? Because everything we do in life, we just have ego behind it. Right? Our, if I've done it and I've produced it, I have ego behind it. You, you can doubt it all you want, you do, right? We have pride in what we do. So here's this guy coming, destroying everything that I've done, but I'm taking it as an attack on me, as a, uh, uh, my character and who I am, et cetera, right? But he's trying to correct me for the better, like, for the better good, not just me, but those who will sit under my ministry, right? So I'm taking this guy and he's just, like, he's just correcting me. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this guy's such a hater. I remember just being so angry that night, like going home, like who's this guy think he is, like blah blah blah, right? And then like I really sat down with a friend of mine, and I was like, this is what he said, like can you believe this? And he's like, well, do you think he's un- like, do you think that's wrong? And I never thought about that, like that thought didn't even come to my mind, and it just set me on this whole journey of like, just 
re-understanding the faith, like just everything, like just everything just rebooted. And was, and then so I met him like two years later. He showed up at like at Geth, and I was preaching. He shows up and. I was like, oh, here we go again. I'm going to preach some heretical crap. And he's going to come up after me. After seminary came up, and he's like, wow, like that, was, that was tremendous. And he encouraged me. And it was, like, he has no idea how much he's changed my life. But that's, I think, the way you need to approach it. Like, just gentleness, kindness. Like, no matter what the reaction is, like, if it's done in loving kindness, I believe the Spirit can work to bring forth a good result. That, like, you bear good fruit out of it. But... Mm-hmm. If you're just going after someone, like, just to prove your point or just to, like, because you know they're wrong and you're right and you want them to know that they're wrong. See, that's the thing. Like, a lot of times we want them to know that they're wrong rather than wanting them to know what is right. Mm. And that is, like, that's the litmus test, right? That's what I always ask myself. I'm like, am I going after this person because I want them to know that they're wrong? Or do I really care about them knowing what is truly right Sheesh, cool that guy. is like so that is that. such an incredible yeah no that is such an incredible filter for me in my heart and there's so many times i have to bite my tongue just be like okay this is not coming from the right place mm. and you know what i also have to gauge this am i the right person to tell them this this piece of truth right so <laughs> i'll give you a really good example of this when so in church we have an unwritten dress code right <laughs> so I remember, like, uh, on campus ministry, we would go on retreats, and I would have a dress code for both males and females, right? I'd be like, hey, let's try to keep the clothing this way, right? Um, especially if there's, like, you know, swimming activities or other activities involved, right? And, of course, there's always, like, that one rebel who will break the rules, right? So here she goes. She breaks the rules. It just happens to be she, okay? Am I really the right person to tell her, you know, like, you know, there's a little too much being revealed here? Like, the only thing we want to reveal is Christ at this retreat, right? Am I really the right person <laughs> to do that, right? And that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, I don't know if I'm the right voice in that situation. Do you know what I mean? So, although I could be, maybe I'm not the right person where this person will receive it in loving kindness and then seek truth or, like, seek that which, be- which is better, right? Um, I always try to gauge that, right? So it's hard because the human heart naturally sits down and judges, right? <laughs> so even as the pastor, because you were a pastor at that time too, yeah. right? Uh, I was the staff of the ministry. Yes. You were staff of the ministry, yeah. so even still, you wouldn't feel. Well, I mean, I confided in the in the female leadership and right, asked right. them to deal with it. True, it's, true, true. I just true. don't think I'm the right voice. True. You know, to tell these this particular young female that like you know you're stumbling everyone here right? yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's, but I don't think that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I, mean? I used to get super mad when people did that method at me and like AI yeah. like I would do something that probably wasn't even aware of right yeah. and then these representatives would come to me right like aka David Ryu <laughs> hearing from other people that what I did was like wrong that yeah, used to yeah. really piss me off I actually wanted to go after them Yeah. but um I realized as I grew in maturity in the faith that that is probably the best approach to do it. Um, not the best approach, but it is a can be a good method to mm-hmm. go about it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you're convicted, right, doesn't necessarily mean you're the actual person to say yeah. it. But the right? danger in that, okay, so the danger in that, like going too far into that route of just like, hey, you talk to them, right? 
it could become what I, I wanted to talk about, which is gossip. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's that that is like that is just rampant. Right. Yeah. Like, any church you go to, like, what's yeah. the first people who leave church because they're hurt? What? Oh, they gossip. Gossip. They, yeah. they Especially the things about church. me that weren't true. Like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I always tell people <laughs> when they're coming to church, I'm like, I'm just letting you know, everyone in this church is equally as evil as you. They will gossip. They will hate. They will judge. There will be feelings hurt. One day, in the beginning, you will hate us. Later, you will. I mean, in the beginning, you will love us. Later, you will hate us. Uh, just know that. Like it's gonna happen, right? Uh, doesn't matter that we are followers of Jesus. We're all still sinners, and that will happen. Doesn't mean we don't address it. it. Means we try to grow out of it. But it's gonna happen. Gossip is rampant, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that is a destructive power of words, right? Gossip can be. I mean, I've seen families leave church because of gossip, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's quite, quite terrible. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about criticism. I think we, we, that's good. Here's another one. This is an interesting one. So innuendo. I think we do this a lot. Innuendo is this. It's a form of gossip, but it's done through something like a raised eyebrow or a nasty look. <laughs> it's, like, it's just you're giving a sense of judgment or a sense of like You're conveying words without using words. Oh, crap. You know what I mean? Um, so that kind of stuff. Uh, I remember, <laughs> there's a good friend of mine, I'm not gossiping about him, but like James Park used to do this to me all the time. Reveals <laughs> the names. <laughs> like Mr. Park, uh, he's a pastor now, and I'm good friends with him, so he knows what I'm talking about. He always come in, and he'd sit there with his big John MacArthur study Bible, and he'd just put it on his, flat on his lap, and he'd just stare at me, right? And after the sermon or whatever, teaching, you know, he would ask me questions. But I know he's not asking me questions. He's just he's testing me, right? So I don't know what he's doing, right? Um, that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff's annoying. <laughs> so, yeah, I hate that. <laughs> um, Checking to make sure if you're Christian. Yeah, like, he's like, so what do you think about the resurrection? What's your eschatological expectation of Christ coming? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I know what you're doing here. Um, <laughs> flattery <laughs> is another one. That's a lie, by the way, flattery. Uh, it's not to say we shouldn't like encourage each other or you know applaud one another, etc. But we've kind of got into the secular lie of like lying is better than telling the truth, right? So it's like uh, everything you do is beautiful. You be who you are. Like no, no. The Bible is like you're evil. You're a monstrous, destructive force in the world. Recognize that. Correct, correct your sin, right? That's that's what we should get at, right? <laughs> uh, it's not to say like you point out like physical imperfections. Right? That's not the point. The point is like. That's not, that's not important. In the Christian world, it's not important, the physical imperfections or the physical non-imperfections. Like just, it just is what it is. What's important is perfecting your sex, yourself in holiness to be like Christ. Right? So that's, flattery is not. Diminishment. This is what we do all the time. This is what we, exactly what we're talking about. Bring each other down. Right? Like you sub, you do this. Blah, 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 right? uh, I'm guilty of this all the time. Right? Number one, number one culprit of this. Um, and, yeah, just hold me accountable. Um, Worthless religion. That one was just talking about like false religion, right? Paul excommunicates people on their words. Um, if you read First Timothy, or if you read those of all uh, other letters of Paul, there's only one reason that Paul excommunicates people from church, uh, at least noted in the New Testament, and that is false teaching. And what's false teaching? It's using words, spreading lies about God, like teaching others to believe something that is false. Mm -hmm. That is not punishable with like church discipline is literally get out right but I, I think Paul articulates it in a really wise way he says 
I do this for Alexander and Hymenaeus, that Satan, who has gripped their heart, right, uh, that they would know the depth of their evil, that they would know, come to know their evil, and one day return. His hope is thrust them out so they realize how bad their teaching is, like how wrong they are, right, how satanic they have been, that they would one day turn to the Lord. Because being in the church and just allowing that practice and allowing them to like, basically like, poison other people is not only bad for the people, but it's bad for Alexander and Hymenaeus. The words we teach especially, James himself says, right, like preachers, teachers, you guys are going to be held even more accountable for what you've taught, right? So that's why I've always never wanted to be a preacher. I've never wanted to be a pastor because why would I want more judgment on me, right? Like, I'd rather be in your position, just, you know, be like, cool, like, I get less judgment later, right? but, but I have to, you know, I have to, unfortunately. Um, so, on the flip side, and this is our conclusion, the tongue has power for good. So let me ask you as a conclusion, what is the good we can do with our tongue? So we've talked about preaching gospel, sharing with our brothers and sisters, edifying, building each other up, or some other things we think of. Good things we do with our tongue. Disciplines that are healthy. You look really nice today. <laughs> Flattery. Uh, don't, li- don't lie. <laughs> oh, that's new. <laughs> um, what are some other things? Like, quick, just things up. If you can't think of a uh, general example, maybe think of specific examples in your own life where someone has, through words, positively impacted you. Mm. Prayer. Yeah, intercession, right? Praying for one another. Those are words. What else? Sharing of testimony, sharing of sharing of story, um, things you're learning on a weekly basis. Sharing those things, um, absolutely. Singing songs of praise, worship. Yeah, we just talked about that two weeks ago, didn't we? Hmm? The words we sing are very, very important. What else? There's something I enjoy receiving. But my, if you've ever done like the five lang- love language test, which is like not an exact test, obviously. Affirmation. The lowest for giving, receiving for me is words of affirmation. So it's like the lowest. Like it's like not even, it's like non-existent in my life. Like it's, it's like literally like almost zero. So <laughs> I don't give words of affirmation, nor do I receive it. Uh, very, like, or if I do receive it, I don't receive it well. But there's one form of wording that really encourages me, which is like when people write things for me. Because there's like effort behind it. When you just say that, I'm like, oh, Andrew, like, good job. Like, to me, it's just like, okay, like, whatever, right? But if he like wrote that down, Andrew, good job. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, oh, Max, good job. Like, thank you for doing this. I don't know. It just it hits different for me for some reason, right? That's I find that to be like a really great form of using words to convey, right? Problem is my giving 
is low, where the vibration is also super low, so I never do that for anyone else. <laughs> it's like I find it super deep. You know rolling papers at retreats? I hate those. I, love I literally, like, I will I not those. write anything on any. <laughs> I, will, I might sign my name, but that's about it. <laughs> or sometimes, or sometimes I go, sometimes I go and someone wrote, like, something really, like, long and nice. I'll like circle it and then write a line and put max. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like cut off the name. <laughs> Cindy, do you know what a rolling paper is? It's when like when you go on retreats. Oh, I was people... thinking of something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah. oh, not that rolling paper. So <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, honest, she looked confused. Oh. That's why I wanted to. So so right there like with you, Cindy. <laughs> I was trying to visualize. Yeah, yeah. it's like, are we gonna so get <laughs> Very big. Anyway, um, so basically, when you go on retreats, you see like a wall of paper with like okay. people's with, names. Yeah, on it. people's name on it. Oh. And you just like, say like Cindy, and then we write write a name. message to them. Yeah. You write a message oh. to them, and then at the end of the time together, we yeah. give it to you, and you take it home and read it. And yeah, we should do that. Oh. I don't know what you do with it after that, but I don't know if people like keep those, but of course they do. I threw mine out. You're just a terrible person. I hung it up. <laughs> 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 how many of those? No, I don't know. Do you know how many of those? I don't know. Max has like a wall full of like. <laughs> he has a bin. <laughs> I literally have a bin. Like, I'm just rolling paper. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you need any, <laughs> so you know. she's like, oh, I thought. Let's go tell Tens, we got tons of rolling encouragement. <laughs> we should put it here, we should put one here. Wall of encouragement. Aroma of Christ. Um, okay. okay, this is part we're going to have to edit out. Um, anyways, any other forms of encouragement? Um, obviously, nowadays, like texting, right? Phone calls, whatever it may be, right? I know these seem like very little things in our faith, but what have we been seeing in every discipline so far? It's the little things that count. It's not like doing the extraordinary, but it's doing the extraordinary thing is doing the little things consistently. Um, and I hope that kind of hits home and you're able to do it. I'm not great at it, so obviously I need to work on it first. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Um, yeah, well, our words have power, and we understand that there's weight to what we say, um, there's impact that they can have, and Sometimes we're very careless with what we say to one another, not just outside the church, but inside the church especially. Um, we're all obviously all guilty of a variety of sins in regards to the words we speak. And so Father, help us to discipline and tame our tongue, um, to use it wisely for good. We ask, oh Lord, that uh, you would help us to grow in this area and mature in our faith. I'll just pray anyway. Amen. Praise God. Amen.